Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Old School. Second hour here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. If you hadn't heard, DP's going to be gone for a little bit. So you get Jay and myself today, tomorrow, and next Tuesday. Because guess what? We don't have shows on Monday for the 4th of July. But welcome in Old School brought to you by Sandhills Global. Sandhills Global has hundreds of jobs, job opportunities at their global headquarters here in Lincoln. Head to sandhills.jobs and apply today. That's hundreds of jobs at sandhills.jobs. And also something I want to mention. July 18th, an evening with the Huskers at Tanner Sports Bar and Grill and Tavern 180 presented by us here at 93.7 The Ticket. Special guests Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, and some Husker coaches Husker Online, Sean Callahan, will be the MC. It's $199 per person. That includes a cocktail hour, appetizers, drinks, a delicious Wagyu steak dinner, and an open bar. That is July 18th. It's the first 120 people to sign up. $199 per person, July 18th, an evening with the Huskers. Head to theticketfm.com, click the banner, sign up today. Right. It'll be a blast. We got, our, we got our own table there. I don't know who's all going to be there. I know DP, Jay might be there. See if Rashawn will go, Strick. I don't know who else, but it's going to be a good table, and you've got some players there. Maybe some other players show up. Who knows? I mean, it's Wagyu steak dinner. So yeah, you can't I know I'd it. show up. Yeah, for sure. That's a specialty beef. So oh, yeah. If I'm, if I'm a player, I'm like, look, I know we're getting some good some good steak at the training tables and all that, but right. I'm going I'm to get me some Wagyu. Cause that, yeah. That's not being that's not being. Yeah, that's not the training table. So it would be interesting. Uh, I know it was to say they're going to have some special guests, coaches and stuff like that. So it'll be a good event. So if it's somebody, you know, you guys out there listening, definitely be uh, one of the first to sign up, man, because it's uh, definitely going to be a packed house. Yep. And join us in, join in on our conversations today, 402-464-5685, Honda League and Hotline, Sarder Heyman Text Line, and the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can leave comments on there. I'll throw them up on the screen if they're any good. 
but nobody ever leaves any comments, so it's whatever. Um, but right now, we are going to get into... I saw an article by Robin Washett on On3. Shout out to Robin Washett. Um, talking about the defensive line and some defensive leaders. Um, and he mentions Nash Hutmacher working his way into a leadership role, and that got me thinking. Who would be your leaders, Just, just not just on the entire defense, but just on that defensive line? Because you've heard Garrett Nelson put on some weight to play defensive end and you'd also stay at outside linebacker, but more of a more of a pass rushing role. So who would be your leaders on that defensive line with Ty Robinson being your most experienced lineman coming back? Nash Hupmacher, who everybody's talking about being, you know, the polar bear and as strong as he is, maxing out at 800 pounds on squat currently, apparently. That's what they're saying. Right. Uh, which is a crazy amount of weight. That, right. that bar is bending easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have Ty, you have Nash, Garrett moving down there, and a couple transfers who 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 goes into a leadership role first off and second what would you define as leadership uh i think like up front um definitely it'd be you know ty and garrett um they're elder statesmen both by you know age playing experience and uh, especially in garrett's case you know productivity so um those are guys that are gonna you know lead the group both uh, emotionally, vocally, and obviously, hopefully, you know, the most important is play on the field. And, um, you know, Nash, you know, he, you know, he has the opportunity to step up, you know, so it's a big summer for him or has been a big summer for him. Then you get Drew and Wynn, guys, you know, with Drew having some really, you know, good experience and productivity, Wynn, where he's looking for an opportunity to play, definitely has a size and obviously the pedigree. If you're at Alabama, you, you're, you do, you're doing something right. Now, look, you know, you don't you don't necessarily hold it against a guy that hasn't been able to play much. Being from Alabama, with the plethora of first round, second round, third round picks that they put out every single <laughs> yeah, I was year, say so you look at you and look they, at the guys that have been drafted in front right. of them, and it's those guys so weren't just playing one year. No, I mean even the guy that got drafted this year had to wait to his senior year. So it's a trickle down effect. So you, you know you expect him to be able to be productive. Um, so right there on top, of, you know, just up the middle in a I guess a four man front, whether it's nickel or you know, base defense, you got four guys that, you know, you feel like um, you feel good good with. And then you got Colton Feast, and then you got uh, Buckley. And so you actually got six. And, and um, you know, I think Colton Feast, you know, is a local kid. I think he's a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, he's always been a productive player. I think he was coming on last year, and I think he might have got hurt or something like that. You guys probably know better than me. And then, you know, with the, the outside linebackers, you know, you obviously got Garrett, Caleb, uh, O'Shawn Mathis, um, you know, Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson, And so that you like the depth there. Um, and then, you know, so the defense I think is uh, front is probably better now than what people thought coming out of spring. Um, now it's all on paper. Now they got to get some continuity in play, but leadership to me um, is, is a plethora of things. One, you got to know, you got to be, you know, selfless and understanding, you know, you're leading, not just your position group, but everybody across the board. Um, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard than maybe even some of your teammates. Um, you always got to be on point and it's got to be uh, true and natural. So you got to be your own leader. Um, of course, you got to be a vocal leader. You got to be an emotional leader, but there's more to leadership than that. Um, you got to know when you got to put your arm around somebody and, and encourage them or to, you know, hold them accountable. You got to know what make every, what makes all the other players, you know, tick. Um, and then you got to be a productive player because there's been guys here that have been talkers in the media and like emotional mm -hmm. that are out there 
busting basic coverages, busting basic defensive fronts, getting smoked on offense, you know, as far as like not even touching guys and blocking, um, playing soft and stuff like that. So, you know, your best leaders and your hardest workers, you know, generally you want is your, you know, productive players. And sometimes I think Nebraska's fell in love with like anointing our best players as leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, here, this is recent, but they actually weren't because they didn't leave anything afterwards. You get what I'm saying? So I think the guys that they have this year, you know, um, we're ready for this, you know, type of role, you know, especially on defense. And I think they'll flourish in it. And I think um, the learning experience for some of the younger guys to see what the team and the defense went through last year um, really would really help them to draw back on something where you had to, you know, find positives with losing, you know, obviously nine games. Uh, but then also they saw like a standard to play in, in, at, in sorts or in some form or fashion that, you know, even when your back's against the wall, you still got to play well. So, and then also they saw some things that they, they probably saw that the defense needed to do better down the stretch, need to play better against the run. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, make, make one more timely third down play. You know, I think if Nebraska, you take the sacks and everything like that and keep it around the same, if Nebraska plays even better on third down execution wise, that mean, execution means, down and distance sticks, making the tackle that you need to get off the field. Um, I think, you know, just on that alone, take the everything the, else stays the same. Everything else stays the same. And this but is not even a, talking about the additional players and yep. who can do this, who can step up, who's getting an opportunity. Um, I think that could lead to a couple more wins and I think the special teams would be better, so forth and so on. But yeah, you know just having a better third down efficiency because th- this last season you you could see it not not on the players. You could see it on like social media and, and and you know fans and some media members where Nebraska gets a third down and it was like okay, what's the down and distance? It's third and third and ten. Oh, they're gonna give up the third. They're gonna give up the first down. Oh, it's it's if it was anything between third and, and ten and you know third and like thirteen, it was it was a yeah, oh, they, they might they, they might they might keep them there, right? But you might yeah. give up the first. Th- those are the ones that are I won't say they're backbreakers, but they're they're gut punches. Um, because just say, for instance, you're in, you know, close to the middle of the field, right? Mm -hmm. Say that you're on their 40 and it's third and 14 and they get 16 yards. Well, they just flip the field on you. And so even if you stop them within the next drive, they're still pinning you back on offense. Yep. But if you stop them and, you know, four or five plays before, and a lot of times on those type of third downs, now there's players that make great plays, Mm -hmm. make three guys miss dive and get it right yeah but when you're busting coverages or or jumping a under route and they're running the same basic route behind you like a three two like a three two uh high low on you right um that's self-induced I, I, I always call that like punching yourself in the face but a lot of times those are how those plays come open you know busted coverage and stuff like that or not playing it to the you know the best of your ability based on down a distance situation you're taking a chance and trying to make a play instead of just or just doing your job or being a selfish player and saying okay well i got the flat oh i forgot well did you not forget it's been happening all season right Mm so um if they could just get a little bit better at that and i think they could if they you know one thing i will say about defense and this is defensive line you can even say a little bit about offensive line you know Playing hard and playing together can vastly improve improve your defense or offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, Nebraska, I think, is in a really good situation where 
um, definitely with both the offensive line and defensive line coaches where the, you know, the standard is that, that you know, your best effort is – that's got to be a guarantee. There is no – there is no gray area there. Yeah. So I think that's where I think that people will, will really see it, where it's going to be, you know, kind of every year. So the standard right there is the standard. And, um, you know, defensive line play, you see some pretty good defensive lines that play well um, together, and they end up being one of the most effective. If we talk about um, one of the best defenses of all time, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they had Tony Saragusa, Sam Adams, um, Rob Burnett, Rob Burnett, and Michael McCrary, right? Mm-hmm. None of them were perennial pro, pro bowlers, but to get, and Peter in um, Bowler was there. You know, he was kind of like an outside line. He was kind of actually like a Caleb. You know, where he was off the ball, third down, he would come and in, in, in rush. Yep. But when they played together, there wasn't a better unit, both against the run and pass uh, in the league. So. Trusting the guy to your left, trusting right. the guy to your and right, they, knowing what and they were going getting to pressure do. all the time when they were running te stunts, et stunts, or you know um, running long loops. Mm-hmm. They were hitting them in the right places, and the blitzes were getting there. So, and then they they were able to play coverage. They were able to do stuff. They were able to jump routes. You had yeah. you know so Rod Woodson and and, uh, and 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 Chris McAllister and guys like that playing really really well. Yeah, so you don't need a bunch of Hall of Famers if you just have guys who work really well together. I mean, who know who know what they're going to do, know what the guy next to him is going to do, and they can work well together in getting somebody open, somebody a, a rush, uh, an open path to the quarterback, whether it be somebody on the defensive line or it be somebody yeah, behind blitzer, them in the, yeah. in the in the linebacking core or or a defensive back. So it's it's I I don't I don't really know how to word it. It's just something that they're going to have to work on where even if they don't have a lot of ex- one person doesn't have you know the most experience as long as they work together they know each other on a on a deeper level than just oh yeah that's my teammate I know his name and I know his number right like you got to get in together so when you're in there it's got to be constant communication I always say the best defenses are the loudest ones and it starts up front um, you know. I mean, Coach Dawson to have those guys, you know, ready to go. Or, you know, when you're running stunts or you're running loops and stuff like that, you got to be hitting it like you're going to, you know, you're going to get in there and make the play. You can't go in there like, oh, well, chances of me getting a sack, so I'm just going to kind of just go through the motions. Well, yeah, that, going all the way around here, there's no way I'm going to get to it. Right. And so when you when you get your chance, you got to make the plays. And so, you know, like I said, if they do that, they'll be fine. So we won't. you don't necessarily have to worry about, each individual player being all Big Ten. Now, all that stuff comes after you guys play well. The defense plays well, more guys are going to show up on lists. There's guys that haven't made all Big Ten or anything that are better than some of the guys that have because the guys that, that are on those lists are on a better team. The number one pick wasn't even all, all SEC, and he had seven sacks. Yeah. He wasn't even first team. He wasn't <laughs> yeah. even first team, and he went number one in the draft. So, um, you know, it can happen. I think, I think these guys are, you know – going to embrace the challenge um every day is going to be competitive because even you know we say you got six potential guys there that can really you know play well nobody's really proven you get what i'm saying and mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the defense line defensive line so the attention the motivation and everything is going to be there and then um you know as far as you know the outside rushers you know there's plenty of opportunity there to get uh reps and um you challenge each other as well you got to, you know so and then defensive backs i think 
you know, I think, you know, whether it's Tommy Hill and Newsom or or whoever the comp- you know, you got Buford where he's kinda like a jack of all trades and that then, defensive backroom is a big is a big question for me yeah. because I just I have no idea what's going to happen because you, you have I mean you have Quentin Newsom who was your your number two corner last year. He you you assume right. and I don't you know, you know what they say about assuming. You know, you, you assume that he's going to be your number one and then you just have to fill in the two experienced safeties that you lost and then your number two went to number one, so you have to fill in that number two. Right. You got a bunt a boatload of transfers for the defensive background right. so it's just finding a with spot some young guys and and guys that were holdovers so the competition is going to you know hopefully cream rise to the top so um i think it'll you know be, start out maybe a work in progress but i think it, you know as the season goes along especially in those first three or four games you'll start to see it kind of you know take form i mean you gotta think omar brown came in i know he's been hurt ever since he's pretty much been here experienced player uh especially at the level he came from um, I think Miles he's healthy Far- now. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's healthy now. Yeah. You got Miles Farmer, who has a lot of potential, played some last year. Um, you got Buford that can kind of play both outside and inside. Um, and you got a couple other transfers in, a couple of JUCO guys, and you got guys on the outside as well. I mean, it's 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 uh, Braxton Clark. Braxton Clark, um, who was I, pe- people forget about this. He was penciled in as the number two corner before the season started, before he got hurt. Yeah, and then Quentin Newsom stepped in and, and took and, it over. And did well, yeah, and that's. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure there because as we've been talking about these some of these younger guys or the guys that are older now and they were younger for years, your years are counting up and now you're towards the end and now you got to start either producing or somebody's going to take your spot. It's crazy because we talk about how they have they're they're so young at a bunch of different spots but it's it's like covid young where you have guys who have been here for 2 years but They've been Technically, here. They're, been they're here like one. They're one year, or they've yeah. been here for three years. So, you have a bunch of guys who don't have experience getting on the field, but they have been within the program with this coaching staff, surrounded by their teammates for multiple years. Right. So the only issue with them is the lack of playing experience. It's right. not the lack of of knowing the the defense. Right. Or, it's just getting out anything. there and playing, it's just and actually and, getting out and showing what they have. And people, on, I mean. You're, there's going to be mistakes that are going to be made, um, especially when you have a lot of guys that haven't been playing, especially when you have Cam Taylor-Britt, um, Williams, and Dismuke that not only played in the system well, obviously, um, practice well, always were accountable. Mm-hmm. So they it's not only the game reps, it's the practice reps. So, you, so these guys are doing a lot of catch-up. But the competition is there, and that's the good thing. Nobody should feel comfortable. Nobody yeah. on this team should really feel. First of all, you're three and nine. Nobody should feel comfortable. No, so no, no, no matter how many pictures they post you, post of you, or put you on magazines, or you're doing all that stuff, you shouldn't feel comfortable because nobody on this team. And this isn't being a negative. A negative. It's actually a positive. Nobody on this team has done anything to where you should be walking around and thinking you you have arrived or you know what you're doing. Keeping things the same from a 3 and 9 team doesn't really seem fe- like feasible. You it doesn't can't seem do, like something yeah, that you and that's should is, do. And this is where I always, you know, push back where everybody wants to blame the coaches this X Y and Z. Well, the players are accountable because if you're doing average, just doing whatever like on my workout paper here, mm-hmm. you're going to get average. The more you put in when the lights are off, is how you're going to play better individually and, and ideally collectively. That means everybody or high majority or high percentage of your team is doing it. So, um, you know, a lot of it falls on on them as well. Now the coach has got to lead and find ways to kind of put them in the right positions, but you got to make plays. And, um, you know, it's a good thing to where 
maybe the you know look there's a lot of pressure in the whole program in general yeah. right so it's not just on the coaching staff it's on the players as well mm-hmm. right. and they learned that last year in those four position groups right yeah like okay you know listen we don't we don't we don't, we don't produce like we're gonna have a new leader in our room whether you like it or not the players in those rooms didn't perform well enough or didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had. So what I'm getting to is like the, the coaches or the, let's say the coaches and the players, they're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. So it could really work out well where they can go really go through it together. There's no security, you know? So I, you know, I think if you look at it and if you just really embrace where we're at and let's just go forward and the opportunities there, schedule talent wise, um, Acquisition-wise, you know, you should feel very confident going into the season. It should all be wide open, and everybody's kind of starting from square one. Even if, even if you're a returning starter, you, you're a returning starter from a three-win team. So you right. start from square one. Everybody, as you said, moves. If you forward play together. well, you could be, even if you don't say take somebody's position, you're going to be playing. Yeah. So that means you're like one ankle injury or one bad game into being that guy. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. All right. When we come back, you know, I, I really like that conversation about leadership and the, and the defense. Let's flip it to the other side. Let's talk about the offense, leadership, and who, who who might take over on that side of the ball up next on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.